This past week, us at PSN lost a very close friend in Matt Martin. We want to take this time to dedicate this episode to him and his his memory. Matt, buddy, this one's for you, my friend. We love you. Love you, Matt. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Pod Street Bullies. My name is Derek. And I'm John. What's going on, everybody? Guys, we have some good stuff to get through today. We've got playoffs once again. And we've got some hot topics with uh, with a couple youngsters that came through the ranks here. Or a youngster, I should say. One youngster. One youngster. We'll go. We'll keep it that way. And then we're going to touch on everybody's favorite subject in Philadelphia. We're going to talk about some <laughs> goalies, baby. Goaltending. Yeah. Goaltending. Be like Austin Powers, like, goalies, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping right into this, let's talk some playoffs, man. It's been, it's been a little bit since we talked about the playoffs, so things have happened. We've had Dallas beat out our, Nash, our, our team that we were rooting for, the Nashville Predators. Uh, they edged them out. Uh, the series was four to two, I believe. Yeah, four yeah, kind of sucked. But now John's allowed within two hundred feet of a school, so it's okay. Dude, it was brutal. I know you gave me a hard time for trimming that bad boy on uh, Easter, but woof. I I was so happy that I got the shave because it just like it was at that real awkward point where it just itches like crazy. Yeah. And then I shaved. Them. My wife was like, "Thank you. Yeah, like it you're was welcome." Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, my good God, um, I don't miss it. So Dallas moves on, uh, San Jose and Vegas. That was a thriller. Yeah, that was not without a little bit of controversy too. Whew. That uh, the five minute major, five minute major, correct? They gave yeah. to Vegas. Yeah, that was something, it, man. Didn't the NHL end up apologizing for that? Yeah, like hey, sorry, we you know possibly prevented Vegas from going on to the next round of the playoffs but you know this should suffice we it, the, the apology should be okay right maybe they'll do the uh did you see that Atlanta Falcons video where they're like the schedule release and yeah Game of Thrones type yeah and it was <laughs> somebody <laughs> the ram, the ram over. ran over the Saint. Saint. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Vegas will get something like that Oh, I'm sure. I mean, we all know their opening ceremonies for their games. It's like an Olympic opening ceremony. Good right. God. Yeah. Um, so moving on from the Western Conference in in a huge shocker. And to round out, for the first time in NHL history, every single wildcard team has moved on to the second round of the playoffs. Unreal. Carolina, right? Yeah. But there's no need for a regular season, right? Right. It's bad for hockey. What a douche. Uh, Carolina <laughs> beats Washington in, in – uh, in seven games, moves on, and we'll get to the second round here in a second. Spoiler alert, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, <laughs> another series in the Eastern Conference that went seven games, Boston and Toronto. Boston edged out Toronto. Mike Babcock, man, what uh, what do you make of some of his post-game comments? I, I'm sure you're familiar with them. Um, I'm not. Oh, yeah. well, apparently I suck. Babcock... Babcock didn't really take much uh, much of the blame for this exit when oh, it was really? very apparent. Well, it was very apparent that ice time wasn't really what it should have been. 
You look at guys like Matthews, Tavares, you look at Mitch Marner even, who's young but still has proven to be one of their better players. They didn't really utilize those guys down the down the stretch there in the in game seven. Does he does he favor veterans? Oh, does he? Huh. <laughs> If oh. I had like one of those pipes right now, like Sherlock, oh, pu- pu- does he? Oh. But that's been the knock with him for a while. <laughs> I think all year they've complained about how he uses his players. I'm going to refer back to an article I wrote last week. I'm calling that one low-hanging fruit. Quit picking on it. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. Yeah, but could it be? I mean, is, could, is it a thing with Babcock? I don't know. I, I, Mitch Marner. How many points did he have this year? And he played damn near every game. Like, come right. on. All right. And maybe it's one guy, but you yeah. know, Jake Gardner's know. still pretty young. Uh, Morgan Riley, he's pretty young too, right? I think so. I think they're a pretty young team. I mean, Jake Gardner, I think, is a UFA. My Austin Matthews is what, 22, 23? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, if you're going to tell me that Mike Babcock favors playing older guys over younger guys right now, right. I'm going to call you a liar. Okay. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> End of the first round, we move on to the second round. We've got some good matchups just recently here, and I'll tell you right now, it's about 6.30 on a Sunday evening. Carolina finished off their game against the Islanders, your yes. favorite team. Yes, yes, yes. The jerks, them bunch of jerks from Carolina are up 2 nothing in the series against the Isles. Oh, um, yeah. And they, they, their two goals that they scored to go up were both in the third period within, like I think, 43 seconds of each other. Yep. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, I'll tell you though, this series though, I mean, Carolina's up two nothing, but it could easily have gone the other way. This series has been tight. Yeah, the the record right now two and zero with Carolina up doesn't necessarily do it justice. It's been some really intense hockey. It's been great. And Morozik um, got hurt. Oh darn! It was uh, McElhaney. My wife was Good. watching the game with me, and she says, "Is his name McElhaney?" <laughs> I was in between sips there. I apologize, Russ. You would have got a quicker laugh reaction out of me. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, it wasn't because now it is McElhiney. McElhiney. Yeah, he's their new bully. <laughs> but we obviously we don't know the extent of Mrazic's injury, so you know we'll find that out. I'm sure either later tonight or tomorrow by the time most of you will be listening to this. So, moving on to the next series in the Eastern Conference. We've got Boston and Columbus tied at one game apiece. Their next game is Tuesday night. A little bit of a longer layoff. But, you know, the travel, the travel's not even that bad from Columbus to Boston yeah. or vice versa. So, I mean, this is this is going to be a physical series. This is going to be a good series. You saw uh I saw Zidane Chara's hit on Riley oh, Nash. Yeah. Who like a defenseman skating up out of his own zone into the neutral zone and just laying him out. He's like, Hey, guess what? You're not going to keep doing that to my players. Like right. good for him. Well, that five minutes of that game, I just felt like everybody was getting knocked down on the ice. Like I, I'll tell you, man, the Eastern conference games, they're freaking tough. It's like hard nose hockey. It's just so <laughs> enjoyable watching the games. It amazes me that the Pens and the Caps have come out the past few years and won the Stanley Cup because they get through. It's the gauntlet, man. The right. Eastern Conference is the gauntlet. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, so that we're in for a treat there with that series. But moving out to the West Coast, we've got tonight, which by the time some of you will listen, it'll happen already. San Jose and Colorado. Uh, it's one nothing San Jose right now, and I mean. San Jose's getting hot right now. You know that momentum swung. And did you see their tweet? No. 
it said, oh, you can kill off a four-minute power play or four-minute penalty kill or something like that. Like, you can do it without letting up a power play goal, something along those lines. And San Jose with that tweet won Twitter for the year. Uh, That's, (laughs) like, take the award. Good, you know, hey, round of applause. That was excellent. Excellent. to you. Hate to say it, but, man, good for them. Uh, So that'll be good. I, I fully expect Colorado to come back to that it's going to be a that's going to be a good series i actually think this is going to be the worst one to be honest with you i think this is the only one that doesn't have seven game potential well the worst one for you because you're going to be asleep by the time they play well <laughs> yeah but i well, yeah i mean i'm not Me too, staying up but... for any of that the heck with that but that's what I, highlights are for you know right yeah but uh no i actually i think that san jose is just gonna stop them I hope not. Like I, I've got a soft spot for McKinnon. I really like Nathan McKinnon. That dude can play. Yeah, but I think every round needs a stompage, and I think that this is it. This is this is the uh, the series that has the stompage. I don't know if that's a word, I, but stompage. Yeah, I'll yeah. check Webster eventually. But I think, dude, honestly, I hate to say it, but I think the Carolina Islanders series is going to be that. The stompage, I'm, not I'm stoppage, afraid, stompage. I'm afraid to even make a comment about that because if I do, then the next thing you know, the Islanders run off four. And that Jagoff who's got the, the Islanders jersey is going to hang up eight jerseys in his window. Yeah, he still only got two. <laughs> Side note, did I tell you I met Barry Trotz? You did. You texted me this week, and I hate you for it because I like, I, I love that man. Yeah, yeah, so we were out to – it was like a brudge thing for Easter – because we didn't feel like doing a big dinner or anything like that. And we were out in Garden City, which is a part of Long Island, and they had this – it was a classic car parade. I mean, it just looked like traffic. It was obnoxious looking. Yeah. But it just happened to be going on where we were eating. And my daughter wanted to go out and look at the cars, so I went out with her to look at the cars. And I turned around to go back into the restaurant, and there is Barry Trotz. But Barry Trotz, man, he's like, I would say he's like five foot five, but he's like stumpy looking. I don't right? Know. He looks like that on the bench. Right. He's kind like of got stocky. that like troll under the bridge look, but <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Sorry, Barry. But anyway, I just went up to him. I was like, Coach Trotz shook his hand. He shook my hand, and then I walked away like it was super cool. Like a, That's cool, though. It like, was cool. You're not. You're not one of those guys who's like, hey, let me get a picture. Let me, you know, right. one of those jerks that's like, he's out there just trying to live his life and do his thing, right. you know, and I'm sure he respected that. I hope so, at least. Oh, yeah. yeah. Barry, listen he, uh, to the posture, please. Right. I mean, well, because, you know, he looked up my number later and thanked me for being so gentlemanly. So I heard you guys are like best friends now, you know. Yeah, yesterday we went to back and forth together. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm jealous. Yeah, I Toad's, know. Toad's jelly. This was the straight road we were on. We've taken a, a very big right turn recently. Let's yes. maybe get back on track. <laughs> yes, we tend to digress. So we'll get to the last series in the Western Conference. We've got St. Louis and Dallas. And this is the series that if I had to choose one series out of all four, this is the one that I want to see. You want to see just in general? Or is was like, there more this is the, like. All right, let me let me back <laughs> here for a second. If I could only watch one of these series gotcha. going on, all these teams, all eight teams, I would pick St. Louis and Dallas because this is this is like to quote good old Jr. This is going to be a slobber knocker. Yeah, <laughs> I love watching St. Louis play. 
I would really enjoy a Carolina St. Louis Stanley Cup. That would be phenomenal. Yeah. Like I oh I Carolina's are just fun to watch right now. I mean, it's great. Every game has been entertaining. Yeah, and that's how it should be. Yeah. But so I mean by the next time we talk, maybe some people will be knocked out. Maybe not, though. I mean, these are going to probably go pretty deep, except for that San Jose one. They'll probably be done by the next time we hop on Do you, here. That's true. Yeah, we could see how this goes. I think it's going to be a really good – it's tied at one right now. The next game's Monday night. Um, St. So Louis is had, tied at one. Yeah, St. Louis yeah. and Dallas are tied at one right now. Um, if you had to make a prediction, who's your Western Conference Finals? Uh, St. Louis, San Jose. I see it. How about Eastern Conference? Uh. I want to say I want to say Carolina Columbus, but I don't think I can go against Boston. I dude, I, you read my mind. I think it's going to be. Although I will differ from you on the San Jose pick, I think it's going to be St. Louis Colorado. Get out! I'm serious, dude. I'm <sighs> dead serious. But uh, it's going to be. I I want Columbus to win, but Boston just. I mean, they've got those. Those kids that came up through together, and now everything's gelling. Everything's just falling into place for them. It's going to be just too much for Columbus. Talk about a team that just had no, like, a seamless transition. They're like, hey, we're going to rebuild a bit. Oh, no, no, never mind. No, we're not. Oh, three first-round <laughs> picks in the same year? Like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> right, but everybody complained about the picks they made. They're like, wait, you you left this person on the board? I think Barzell was still left on the board when they were done picking. Which so it, sucks, but at the same time, it's like, look at who they got still. Right. You know, it's oh, for like, sure. oh, who's laughing now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so to move on from the playoffs, and I, like I said, I agree with your picks for the most part. We're going to touch on one of the picks that the Flyers made this past draft. Uh, Mr. J. O'Brien, he's been a hot topic of discussion so far this, uh, this past week. He has entered his name into the transfer portal. Much like with college football, you wait for the approval. Once you get approved in there, you can transfer to separate teams, different leagues. He has the opportunity right now, and you were telling me about this uh, a few minutes back before we started here. He has the ability to transfer to either the USHL, the CHL, which entails WHL, QMJHL, et cetera, et cetera, and what everybody's been talking about, the BCHL, the British Columbian Hockey League. Yeah, that's kind of when the news came out, that was the rumor that he was going to the BCHL to play for Penticton, but um, he kind of denied that. He said that right now that's just a rumor. And that's – it's a good move on his part because right now he doesn't want to show his hand. Uh, You know, it's – it's, and I'm going to make this very clear to anyone who's listening right now. Jay O'Brien is not considered a bust right now. He's just merely considering his options after having a pretty rough season, especially considering the injuries that he had. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call him a bust. I'm going to agree with you on that. I mean, before the show, I said, let's make it clear we're not calling him a bust because it's way too early to call him a bust. Absolutely. At the same time, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about it once we start giving our opinions on the move, um, I do think that Hextall reached a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, um, but anyway, let's like dive into the whole thing. So Providence College, right? He played 25 games. His playing time was limited and he only 
racked up two goals and three assists. Those are not really numbers you want from a first round draft pick. You're right. That's the I I don't know what else to add to that. Uh, you he was a reach uh, in the most essential part of saying that he's a reach. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is too, like Ron Hextall, we all gave him this draft guru type thing. You know, we were willing to say that he was the king of the draft and drafting these great prospects. And I think with this pick, and I, I hope I'm wrong down the road, but I think with this pick, he got a little too cocky. Um, yeah. He just went, you know what? There's something I like in this guy. I'm going to go ahead and take him in the first round. They've even referred to him as a project. To me, you don't take a project in the first round. That's what the middle round no. draft picks are for. <laughs> yeah, and especially he was, what, pick number 23? No, 19. not even 20. 19. 19. And that's there's still potential at the 19 position to pick somebody who could not necessarily immediately impact your franchise, but oh, only you mean like two Ryan, years. Like Ryan Merkley or Keandre Miller or Joseph Valeno. Those are all wow. people I would have rather taken. Than I would have loved K. Andre Miller. Like I would. Oh, I, I'm I so mad that. that he's with the Rangers right yeah. now. Uh, Austin Austin Mitchell, our, another writer with for us here at PSN, loved him. He was very high on him heading into the draft. Um, but yeah, I, it, it, when there's players left on the board that you look at it and you're like, man, like why didn't we do that? Right. That's that's kind of you know again not a bust, but there's that you know that longing for man we could add somebody better and Hextall reaching in that regard it's like it's like you said I, I think he did get cocky too you know it's right. like oh well I know what I'm doing so this guy I see something in he could be great four or five years down the road like yeah but you know four or five years down the road that's a long time right I mean I think the thing is too like if we look at the move right. The optics are bad. He had a bad freshman year, right? He struggled with injuries, but he also struggled to get anything going. So he leaves. If you then look at before he went to college, he played at Thayer, the Thayer Academy. It was It's a high school team, right? Yep. The level of competition is not what the CHL is or the USHL. So it, it kind of looks like, you know what? He just, he needed to go somewhere else so he could be a star again. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot less playing time in, uh, well, playing, I mean, games in college hockey, right? So if he goes to the CHL or the BCHL or the USHL, he's going to play more games. And he went and said that that's something that he needs to do. You're right. My, my concern is if he does, if he goes anywhere but the CHL, I think that it's not really going to help his development in the long run. I'm not going to be impressed by him putting up 80 points in the BCHL. You know, it's, no. it's a decline in the in the uh, competition. Not to say anything against that league. I think that there's some great players from that league. But when it comes to the grand scheme of things, he needs to be playing against a higher level of competition. And the BCHL, or the USHL for that matter, just isn't providing that. If we're going to rank those three leagues, I mean, you got to think that the CHL is top competition. And well, then. Well, yeah. And, and there's three leagues in there, too. Like, yeah. 
I mean, you've got it, it, it's an umbrella essentially, and you've got three leagues QMJHL, WHL, and OHL. Yeah. Um, it, the, the competition in those leagues is pretty fierce. I mean, right. we've got a lot of our prospects in the flyer system coming up through there. Yeah. Um, USHL isn't nothing to shake your finger at either. I mean, oh, they're pretty no. good. But typically, it, you know, that whole thing is you're in that league and then you commit to a college and then you go play for a college. Exactly. So then you've got those two leagues sitting at the top and then the BCHL, which, like you said, and I agree, it's no knock on them. You know, it's hockey's hockey and there's competition at every level. Right. But if you as a GM, as a coach, as anybody higher up in an organization that's affiliated with hockey, you want to see the people within your system playing at a higher competition level, because then you know what they bring to the table better than if they're just playing up against a bunch of Joe Schmoes in like a beer league, you know? Right. I would have much rather him just put in the extra work and played his sophomore year at Providence and gotten better. I mean, yeah. but I think that there is there's a level of pressure with being a first round pick, right? That he just wasn't expecting because he shouldn't have been a first round pick. Yeah. I mean, there's, like you said, better players on the board, but I wanted to touch on this with you as well. And we talked about it earlier this week. Is this more a sign of him wanting to play against, I shouldn't say lesser competition, but competition that isn't as fierce? Or is this like, could you consider it a rehab stint? Because who's to say he doesn't re-enter that transfer portal at the end of next year and then transfer to a more competitive league? Right. I think it's a bit of both. I think that he took a serious hit to his confidence this year, which, I mean, could play a big role in your, you know, continued development. I think, again, I've said it before, the injuries didn't help, but it wasn't the only thing. So he might be looking at this as a rehab stint, but he also came out and said that he needs to play more games. And the college scene right now doesn't have enough games for him to play. You're playing 35 to 45 games a year, depending on how far you make it. Right. And I mean, and the thing is, too, like, they want to go. I mean, the colleges, the coaches, they want to win the Frozen Four. They want to win the national championship. I mean, they're not necessarily worried about developing Jay O'Brien into a Flyers player. They want to win now. Exactly. So he needs, you know, it seems like, and I agree with, he needs to be in a position where he's playing more games. He gets a little bit more time to get into a flow. I, my personal opinion is, although he could go back to the college route, I think that he's going to enjoy (laughs) the success of where he's playing and want to stay there. And if it's in the CHL, fine. Oh, yeah. It's if it's in the BCHL and he's putting up, you know, what was it, 80, 90 something points in like 30 games? Like that was unreal in high school. That's stat wise, that's great. But how much are you really improving when you're playing against lesser competition, you know? Yeah, you're not. Yeah, it was 80 points in 30 games, 43 goals and 37 assists. Yeah. Like, sure, I could sit here and tell you that, hey, like I threw eight touchdowns against the middle school JV team the other day. I'm 28 years old. Like, come on. I should have thrown, like, 13. And to be fair, I mean, (laughs) other NHL players have come from their academy. Jeremy Roenick was a big one. But I That's a big comparison as well. Right. But I I just think that, you know, 
you need to move the needle forward. I've said it before. You know, and, and it's a very lofty expectation with Jeremy Roenick. Like, come right. on. Right. I just, you know, hopefully he'll be able to do good, do better, do well. I know do good isn't the right thing. but uh, You're better than that. Come on. I know. I like saying it, though. Do good. Do um, good. Do good. <laughs> but, you know, wherever he chooses to go, I hope that he'll experience some success. But if it is the BCHL or the USHL, I hope that there's a, a next year plan that doesn't involve those leagues. Yeah. Wherever he goes, I wish him nothing but the best. And we both do, Wherever obviously. Wherever you go, I'll be with you. Sorry. That's right. adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same at the same rate, I just my hope is that wherever he does go, he's improving and he's he's crafting his game to the point where when he's old enough to eventually join the ranks of the NHL or AHL, he'll be able to contribute. Yeah, at and we the can't, rate as first rounder should. And we can't trade him now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Thanks. We've got plenty of other trade Thanks bait. We'll talk about that. Thanks for that, Jay. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, we covered Jay. Well, you know, we might touch on it later. We won't. Just kidding. We're going to move on here to our big topic of the week that we've been discussing all week. And I've been actually, actually, I have been doing my homework for once. There you go. We're. Right? Like, aren't you proud of me? I am. Yeah. Not many people are. <laughs> goalies, baby. Goalies, yes. Goalies. You the know, I was doing my research, comparison. too. And when we start getting into this, I just, I was laughing the entire time I was doing research. Like, it's just. I'm not going to lie. I did the research, like, 15 <laughs> minutes before we went on here. Yeah. Like, before we started talking. Yeah, <laughs> but. I mean, I've crafted enough of an opinion that I'll sound at least somewhat intelligent. Right. So we're going to, I mean, we're going to break this whole goalie thing down. We're going to go NHL. We're going to go AHL. We're going to talk some prospects. And then we're going to even look at the greatest underwhelming Mount Rushmore of all time. <laughs> God, nail meat head. Good God. <laughs> oh, I, it's, that was like, I, I'm going to let you touch on the prospects because anything I say about them is probably just null and void. It sounds stupid, right. but well, You're the prospect guru. But let's go Let's go NHL first, because that's what everybody NHL. wants to hear. Oh, absolutely. We know who the starter's going to be. It's it's obvious. Yes, we Carter do. Carter Hart, Starter Hart, Baby baby Hart, whatever you want to call him, he's our starter. He's our starter for the foreseeable future. Unless someone massively screws up, he's there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's I'm crossing my fingers, praying to God, please, God, please. Right. Uh, you know, but he's our starter. So that leaves us with the question of, Who's going to be the backup? And the biggest argument is, do we want the veteran backup who's going to provide such just such experience and the guy that's going to be able to guide Carter Hart in the right direction? Or do we want someone – and age doesn't matter here – but right. someone that's going to put up backup-worthy numbers, someone that's competent and knows how to play in a backup role – Potentially a 1B role because that the Flyers love the 1A, 1B platoon right. style of goaltending here, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. It's proven to work in the past. But as it, we're talking backup, I, w- I want to get your, your opinion here. Three goalies that are hitting the markets this summer. Who? It's tough, right? You know, the thing is, man, no matter what our opinion is, 
the Flyers want to go veteran. I mean, yeah. they made that clear when they traded Stolarz because, I mean, we all needed to see a little bit more from Stolarz, but he could have been the backup, you know? Absolutely. And he would have fit that younger, you know, maybe one day be a starter type backup. But when they went and got Talbot, they made it clear they want a veteran. But when well, Scott Gordon didn't start him, did they make it clear that they don't want him? Well, they want a veteran. Yeah. I mean, but one little problem. <laughs> the list is a little underwhelming. I wasn't exactly thrilled looking at it this afternoon. I won't lie. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to give you my top pick first, and then we can kind of go through the other ones that I looked at. But okay. um, Brian Elliott, please come back. I, I don't see a better option than Brian Elliott. Can we play that sound effect with the applause yeah. if it doesn't last 10 seconds? <laughs> uh, it's a long one. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> right? Do you agree with me? I do. I think that, you know, Brian Elliott is definitely in my top three. There's a few others that I'll talk about here in a second here. Um, but Brian Elliott has shown it on multiple occasions he's very capable of being – a good goalie. And that's really all we need. We don't need some guy who's going to come in and just steal the show and be this, you know, I'm putting up 940 save percentages and, you know, a 2.1 goals against like now, like we, we, we don't need that. Carter Hart will be that for us. I I'm very confident in that. Right. But I want some guy, if I had to put a bare minimum on, and this is just stat wise, like if you're going to put up a, point nine one goals again not goals against save percentage and you're gonna put up like a point or a two point five goals against I'm good with that. Right. I don't need you to be this perennial all-star goalie. I need you to stop pucks when we need you to stop pucks. And Brian Elliott's problem is staying healthy and it's because the Flyers just drive him into the ground. It is because Dave Haxtell drove him into the ground. Right, yes, (laughs) because Dave Haxtell did. Um, Good riddance. If you put him for 25, 30 games, it's a whole different ballgame. I mean, he's not going to play back-to-backs. No. You know, I I just – and I think partially because the list is also underwhelming, but I don't think he's going to command a lot of money. I think he's just going to want to play, and I think it could be the perfect situation for him. There's a lot to break down with this goalie market because you've got big names that are hitting the market, and when those dominoes fall, the guys that are underneath them are going to be like, well, this guy got that much, and look at my stats. But realistically, I don't see Brian Elliott looking for much more, if anything, than what he's currently making or what he has currently made with the Flyers. Uh, 2.75, I believe? Yes. Or 2.5. Yeah, 2.75 a year, which – for a backup, it's not terrible. And for a 1B option, even, it's not terrible. Right. Considering you're paying Carter Hart peanuts. Right, exactly. Well, that's the thing, too. As long as we don't have to give term, like, it's okay to pay a little bit more. But I just think that, like, the names that are out there who are going to command a little bit more money aren't necessarily worth it. Yeah. You've got guys like Laner, who right now is on a $1.5 million deal. Oh, that no, guy's been outstanding. Yeah, the Islanders are going to lock him up. He's going to make money. I hope they do. I really do, because uh, good for him. Oh, well, yes, uh, uh, for his... Uh, good yes. for him. As a person, like, yes. good for Robin Laner. Like, everything he's been through, for uh, sure. good for him. 100%. Uh, 
Bobrovsky is going to get a monster contract from whoever decides to sign them. And apparently the favorite is the Florida Panthers and good for them, whatever. Um, But, you know, then you get into the lower tier guys like Semyon Berlamov from Colorado is going to hit the market here. He was making about $5 million a year. Um, And I think he'll, I don't think he'll make five in his next contract, but he'll make probably three, four, you know, we'll say something like that. But he'll probably either go to a lower tier team to be the starter, or he'll go to a higher tier team who has the money to pay him what he wants, but as more of a one B backup situation. Right, and the, and to be clear, at least for me, I don't want a one B. I want a backup. Like I want everybody to know that Carter Hart is going to get the majority of the starts. You know. And that be that. This guy's going to come in and play 25 to 30 games as a backup. Not Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I absolutely agree. I think that so those Carter Hart's bigger proven. Names, those bigger names, I don't even want anything to deal with. because I'm not intrigued. Right, because they're going to want more of a role, and I don't want to give them that role. Yeah, they don't – I mean, Philadelphia is Carter Hart's – like the crease in Philadelphia is Carter Hart's until further notice. Right. Until Carter Hart says, I don't want the crease here anymore. It's his crease. God, I hope that, that doesn't end all be all. If he ever did, man, that guy's going to get booed out of town. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. we were talking about this. I think, what was it? Like I, I was on another podcast, I think, but like I'll wait outside <laughs> to whatever, whatever car he's driving. It's going to look like that scene from, um, hall pass where the guy's outside like beating the minivan yeah it's gonna be bad i'm not gonna obviously you're the only person i've ever heard reference the movie hall pass you do not like hall pass i mean i I, I didn't mind it but i could be honest i forgot most of the movie i mean i think low-key i love jenna fisher pam yeah love pam Pam. love me some pam yeah pam i love that woman Jenna Fisher, if you're listening, I'm making the heart symbol with my hands. Love there, you, baby. There you go. So, <laughs> my wife can't me, so we're good. So the Anyways. list. The list. <laughs> the list. It's it's narrow, and there's not like any really intriguing. Like, oh man, totally. You know, you look at those names, and you're like, yeah, I want that guy. Yeah, I'm looking but, at my list. I honestly don't really want any of them. But you look at it though, and like with my list, at least, like I'm looking at it in my limited knowledge, we'll say. <laughs> but I'm like intrigued by a couple names if they're at the right price, which right. with any name really, you know, for sure. So but like somebody like Ryan Miller, I mean, he's a oh, hundred, but that would be, I'd, I'd like that, but I don't know how much he'd want or is he even going to play again? He won't come to the East coast. I know for a fact oh, that he's right. very yeah. vocal about staying on the West coast, which, Hey man, he's got a family. He's for got a sure. wife, kids. Take care of your family first. I understand. Right. I get it. I completely forgot um, about that. Yep. And let's be honest, the dude's career to this point, good for him, yeah. man. If he wants to retire even, do yeah. it. You deserve it. Right. I mean, another name in that category of someone who's not going to want to move is Luongo. You know, he's another one that I wish would love to move. I mean, he's also old, um, but he's not. I don't think he wants to leave Florida either. No, and you know what? Could you imagine a Luongo Bobrovsky tandem? Good God! Yeah, cool. yeah. That's scary. That's scary. Like I'm, I'm petrified. It is. it is. Oh, I'm shaking in my boots. 
I'm not wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing slippers, but that's cute. Yeah, well, it's a little cold <laughs> down here in the man cave. I'm wearing my boat shoes. There you go. Yeah, at least you got yeah. shoes on. Yeah, um, typically so I don't. <laughs> actually, on my list, I have Anders Nilsson. Uh, he, he he played 36 games between the Canucks and the Senators uh, last year. He had a .914 save percentage with Ottawa. I'm imagining people okay. still view him as a backup. Like, he would just be a traditional backup. It's it's not a fancy name whatsoever, but he seems to be all right. Are you there? Did I lose Derek? I don't personally. Uh, no. I don't, I don't think Derek knows I'm here. I lost him. Oh, now he's back. All right. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, well, you worked for a second. <laughs> Ah, well, you know, I just I just come and go as I please. What can I say? All right. So what were, <laughs> what were you saying? I I see where you're coming from. Nilsson could be a serviceable backup. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's the flashiness of the name. You know, he he had really lofty expectations as being a pretty good NHL goalie and never really lived up to him. Mm-hmm. But I just I don't know. I. No, I, I'm pretty sure, in my opinion at least, we'll take it for what it's worth, but I think there's better options. Oh, yeah. I'm, okay, so give me one. So, like you said, we, we can agree on Brian Elliott, obviously. Yeah. But if a guy like Mike Smith would take... I was thinking of him, too. Right? Yeah, like, we can agree on that. Like, we can get him... Year, though. Yeah, but that happens. Goalies have rough years. And Mike Smith, you know, he he's a proven veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's been basically to every stage of the NHL that you could think of. Um, I, I really think he would be a good addition to this team. And I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not going to say I've got like a, you know, a crush on the guy. But uh, he's 37. You right. know, it, his it's, it's puck tough. Handlings, his puck handling skills outside the crease are amazing. Right. Aside from the fact when, you know, someone shoots the puck into his trousers and he backs into the goal. Right. Like, but hey, you know, that happens to everybody, right? Right. <laughs> but Mike Smith was one guy on my list. I've, I I went above and beyond the top three because there's a few names that really intrigued me that I wanted to actually get your opinion on. Sure. Uh, let's talk Carolina again. McElhenney. Let's talk McElhenney, even Mrazek's a free agent. Yeah, but I think Carolina's going to re-sign them. Is that a bridge that we've burned, or is that something that would be we, we'd be willing to revisit, you know? Personally, I'd be willing to revisit it, but I again, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think Carolina's going to lock him up. I think they'd be smart to lock him up because of the success he's had in there. Um, he took them to the playoffs and into the second round, and now they've got a 2-0 lead in the series against uh, the Islanders and potential visit to the Eastern Conference Finals on the line. I think, like with, I think with a goalie like him, too, he's one of those guys who needs the lion's share of the starts because he's streaky. A Steve Mason type. Yeah, I mean, like he, <laughs> in all seriousness, though, like, He's going to have off games, and I think he just needs the consistency of being in net to help him. So having him as a backup might not be good because he's obviously not going to get the consistency, 
But if he does somehow make the market, I mean, the Flyers would be foolish to at least like see, right? But I think, yeah, I, I would. Yeah. I'd be shocked though if he leaves Carolina. But McElhaney, on the other hand, wouldn't um, be that bad of a pickup. No, I mean, thirty-three games played, yeah, uh, point nine twelve nine one two save percentage, two point five eight. Uh, goals against average, pretty much what you just said you were looking for in your backup. Right? Yeah. I mean... That's that's not bad for backup numbers. Right. You know, I know. Who knows what kind of money he's going to look for? I mean, he might be one of those deals, too, where a, a lower-tier team will give him more starts and a little bit more money. Um, yeah, he, and McElhinney's pretty... He's still... What? He's not that old old is he i have no idea i'm not even gonna pretend to know i'm pretty sure he's not yeah no and i oh we lost derek are you there my Hmm. friend i'm still here i swear okay he's 35 35 ah yeah so but at the same time what what kind of deal are we looking to give a backup we're not looking for a long-term commitment here Right. Well, if you're going to pay Mike Smith, I mean, if we're talking age, like Mike Smith is like a hundred. I mean, you're I, right. I, I think he's, I think it's like 37, 38. Yeah. Well but like, we're not, we don't need a guy to like a five-year deal. We need a guy to like right. maybe a one or two year deal. One year, even honestly, I'm not opposed to. Right. Um, so the, the next guy on my list is a trade. Okay. And uh, Craig Anderson from Ottawa. Oh. Now, I like the idea of trading for Craig Anderson. Knowing Ottawa, I think we could get him for something stupid. But, <laughs> no but, Chiarelli deal here, but something right. somewhat simple. <laughs> but he is a $4.75 million cap hit for the year. But at the same rate, look at what we're paying Carter Hart. Like, we can afford to soak up a little bit of cap room right. for a decent 1B backup option, you know? Right. I mean, I'd be fine with it, but I could see why that might be a turnoff. I mean, maybe we could get Ottawa to swallow some of the money, but... This know. is... If this is going to happen, and this is a trade that's in the works, it's something that there's going to be other pieces involved, I'm sure. sure. Um, you know, moving some cap from one team to the other, whether it be the Flyers to Ottawa or Ottawa to the Flyers, um, it could be a decent chance to unload Voracek and his cap to get some younger talent that might still provide the help that we need right now. Right. Um, we're not talking Kachuk level talent here, but something comparable potentially, you know, it's. Yeah, you know. I mean, it gets complicated when you start doing all that fun stuff. Anybody, yeah. anybody else on your list? The only other names I really have on my list, other than uh, we talked on Mike Smith and the Carolina situation. I've got Cam Ward and Keith Kincaid. I, I was thinking about Cam Ward, too, but then I looked at his numbers in Chicago, and they were kind of gross. Yeah, but he was also in Chicago, and Chicago didn't have a really that great of a team this year. So yeah, how much do you attribute it to that team in front of him? But didn't – I mean, wasn't he having kind of gross numbers in Carolina too? Yeah, but Carolina was suffering as well. So I'm not going to 
jump the gun here and say, oh, he's, he's shot, he's spent, he's burnt. But uh, I think I, it's kind of gross. I'd rather yeah. not. Yeah. That's fine. We'll stay away from Cam Ward. But Keith Kincaid, <laughs> like Keith Kincaid has been the kryptonite to the Flyers when oh, he was yeah. with the Devils. So that could be something interesting. He's going to try to get a starting job. Oh, uh, I don't know. No? Is he good enough for a starting job? Well, no, but that doesn't mean anything. Car- You're right. Carter Carter Hutton, is going to be stupid enough. Carter Hutton? Craig yeah. Hutton? Carter Hutton? With St. Louis? Yep. Yeah, but isn't he with... Didn't he uh, get the starting job in Buffalo? That's true. He did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's that good. You're right. I agree. So maybe Kincaid will go to Buffalo. Maybe. Or, or Darling. Hey. Like the, the, Scott Darling. Ugh. He's got some great pads. I'll give him that. Uh, but, uh, but that's about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, Mike Smith, I think, would be great. You, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Craig Anderson would be something we could explore, but... At the end of the day, the the list of people is a little underwhelming. I would like to see Brian Elliott stay. And I love how neither of us mentioned Cam Talbot. <laughs> That's fine. I'm cool with it. Like, Cam Talbot can walk. And personally, I'm sure he's a great guy and his relationship with Carter Hart's great. But if you're not going to perform to the task of being a backup, we don't want you as a backup. Right. And maybe, you know what, maybe it's not his fault. Maybe he didn't get his fair share of opportunities. <laughs> And that's a fair assessment. Right. But yeah. I don't care at this point. Yeah. It, I'm. I, this is thinking strictly from a business standpoint. Right. I want someone who's going to win games. Yeah. Yeah. So, goalies. I just opened up this, this Sweetwater 420 strain G13 IPA. Oh, baby. It smells like pot. It's good. It's good, though. Yeah, but it smells like pot. I opened this what and I was it? like, oh, man. That sound that you just heard was me trying to pick up the bottle of another beer that I'm going to tell you about here. Uh, Hemperer from New Belgium. Does it smell like pot, too? <laughs> it did, and it was good. Yeah. But, like, hops and uh, marijuana come from the same strain. So huh. I don't feel high. I just feel kind of buzzed. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, I'm sure it's going to be good. I just I got a whiff. I was like, holy moly. You'll anyway. like it. If, I, if you're like me, you'll like it. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on. Sweetwater, sponsor me. Right. Sweet Lotta. We're <laughs> anyway, moving on. Moving this on. is this is always our favorite segment, correct? Well, we're already moving on to the Q&A. What do you want to move on to? Well, we haven't talked about the prospects or the Mount Rushmore. Oh, that's right. We do have the that's you know what? Yeah, Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is four presidents. Am I correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Matt uh, good god. John. Yes. Christ. Don't worry about it. I want, I want <laughs> your four goalies from the Flyers <laughs> that you're going to put on Mount Rushmore. And this is tough. This is kind of tough because it's not really flush with, you know, guys that you're like, yeah, that's the guy, you know? Oh, so Flyers goalie history sucks. Blech. It took a lot. I mean, first of all, the obvious ones are Bernie Perrant, Ron Hextall. Duh. Okay. Agreed. The the third one too is a pretty obvious one. Unfortunately, you know his his life was taken you know way too soon. Pelly Lindbergh. Good episode for that. Y- yeah, definitely. Without getting too deep, yes. Right. Um, you know, one of Vesna Trophy. So those three, it's like okay, that's fine. The fourth one, oh, please this don't get tough. mad at me. Steve I won't. Mason. I don't think- 
Oh, yes. See, I've got two names for that, and he was one of them. I mean, he's played most – I mean, for games, it's hard to find. Yeah, but he's got some of the highest save percentages, some of the best goalie goals against average. I mean, I know yeah. people weren't a big fan of him, but – Put 918. That's good. That's yeah. really good for a career in Philadelphia, considering the defenses that we put in front of him. Who was your other – who? Who did you have? You might laugh at this, and but I'm going to stand by this. This man went 92, 43, and 22, had a 1.96 goals against, and a .923 save percentage in 163 games played. Do you want to take a guess, or should I just tell you? Probably shouldn't take a guess because I'm looking at all the goalies right now. And I'm, oh, I'm you just fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Mr. Roman Chekmonic. All right. All right. I, mean, I told you I did my homework. You could have done worse. Right, yeah. Like, I could have said somebody like, you know, Neuverth. <laughs> but, no, I the top three, you said it. Perrant, Hextall, Lindbergh. Like, yeah. the, the, there's no disputing that. If you're going to dispute either of us on that, you're wrong and you're wasting your time. Right. But three, fourth, that's a tough one because – Mason, like, people will argue, like, recency bias isn't a thing. It kind of is because, you know, when you think about Mason, like, a lot of people had a soft spot for him because he played so well, but he played as well as the team took him as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I mean, he just got a bad rap. I mean, I don't think that he did – I mean, he didn't do a bad job here. You know, people just – we love to hate the goalies, and we weren't performing oh. well. So it's the easy do? scapegoat. Right. Yeah. And I mean, people laugh and be like, oh, what about that goalie left up again against uh, the Caps in the playoffs? Like what goalie hasn't let up a goal similar to that? Like right. it, it, tell me a one goalie that hasn't and I'll call you a liar. Right. You know? Hey, sidebar, Steve Mason. Yeah. What about him next year? No. Okay. Media. I think I just thought maybe. he's. He's been out of it. I mean, his tenure in Winnipeg kind of sucked because of the emergence of Connor Hellebuck. Um, and what, I guess it was Hutchinson that was the backup. It was Hutchinson and Mason going into the season. Then Hellebuck burst onto the scene and was like, hey, guys, I'm here. Yeah. And good for him. I'm happy for him. Steve Mason, you know, I love the guy personally. And I think he didn't really get a fair shake here in Philly because of always having to look over his shoulder at Neuverth. Um so it's a tough it's a tough one. I but I'm gonna give the edge for my number four to check Monic. Yeah, I mean, is it sad that we can't come up with like four like good goalies? I, I you know I was trying to think about this because do most teams have like four really good goalies in their history that aren't of the original six? Probably not. Right. This is I feel like this is more of a typical argument amongst any team, really, because you usually have that one or two, those one or two goalies that stand above the rest, right. their head and shoulders above the rest. But then you get down to the nitty gritty and you're like, ah, like this guy's a pretty clear number three, but there's two or three guys that could compete for the number four spot. And in the Flyers case, there's really only two guys that compete for that. Like you were saying with Chuck Monick and Mason, like. And it's no slight on what Mason did for the Flyers. Like, he was great. Um, I almost gave it. I almost gave it to Doug Favell. 
Doug Favetti. Yeah, that's not a bad. I just, mean, just because he was like the first goalie in the team's, you know, franchise. That's a tough position to be in. It's yeah. an expansion franchise. You step into that role, you're expected to, you know, churn out good performances night in and night out. And it's like, but you got to look at the rest of the team, and you got to well, understand listen, that. Two hundred and fifteen games played. Right, he had a yeah. point point nine one seven save percentage, and a two point seven nine goals against average. I mean, that's and it's a different. I mean, it was a different era and all that, but those are still good numbers for that era. Yeah, you know that we're talking seventies. You know, that's that's not bad at all. I mean, and let's be honest, when you look at Ron Hextall, eight nine five save percentage. <laughs> I know, well, like, and but for that era, right, everybody that scored. Bad. Yeah, you, you know, you could have brought in your mother and she would have scored three goals in a night you know it's that's how it was yeah I, that's yeah. no slight on mrs gove here but no, mrs right. bob for that matter mrs bob we all know about her that right. damn questions yeah we won't <laughs> talk too much about mrs gove uh, anyway um <laughs> but i mean my favorite goalie is bernie perrant i love him Th- this goes to my listeners our listeners sorry our listeners i want an only the Lord saves more than Bernie Perrant t-shirt. Yes. I've I, looked all over the place for these things. I mean, I don't even know if they exist anymore, but if anybody finds one and they want to send it to me, I will mention you in every podcast. I'll even start singing you a song for five minutes if that's what it takes. DM the Pod Street Bullies. I'm a size large. I'm assuming, John, you're probably a large as well. I'm a large as well. We'll take two. We'll take you. Only the Lord saves more than Bernie Perrant. Yes, and I want Bernie Perrant's face photoshopped onto Jesus as he's clasping his hands, making the prayer symbol, you know? Yes. <laughs> but I, as far as our Mount Rushmore of goalies goes, I think that, you know, we pretty much hit the nail on the head. There's not a lot to choose from, but the top three at least are very clear cut. Right. I mean, and here's to hoping that Carter Hart will one day be the fourth guy on that, that mount. Oh. Oh, absolutely. He'll definitely, one of these days, replace a Steve Mason or Roman Czechmonic type, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, if he lives up to his his billing here, and right. I think he will. Right. I mean, but also being, you know, a Philadelphia Flyer fan, knowing that anything could happen, he could be playing a really nasty game of croquet right now and have some awful injury that makes him never be able to tend goal again. So they play croquet up in Canada? I don't know, eh? Yeah, maybe, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Throwing back some LeBlat blues. Oh, for sure. Molson. Molson Triple X. It's like Big Daddy. Like It's like moonshine. Hell yeah, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's enough for our goalie segment here. That was our main real discussion here today. Um, it's we, it's the offseason. We don't want to talk about the prospects. Do you want? I, I get the feeling you keep bringing it up. You want to talk well, about the prospects? We, well, we've said we're going to talk about the prospects twice, and then we're, you keep like jumping. I'm not. Gonna. You know what? This this is not about the viewers, John. This is about me and putting my name out there. All right. <laughs> you t- let's talk about the t- prospects really quick. Damn it! <laughs> Go no, ahead, because man. Because you know what? We're probably going to get two of them in Lehigh Valley next year. Right? Absolutely. We're going to get yes. Felix Sandstrom and Kirillus Domenko. Yeah. You know, but the thing is, is I don't want to rank these guys one, two, three, four, five. I do. I was, really? I don't think. <laughs> how? Be, I, you know, you got to think Lion's the guy moving in. Like, he's the vet. He's the guy they're going to lean on. But he's not a prospect. 
Well, yeah, but if we're talking like overall rankings, like the Lehigh Val- Valley Phantoms go into the league, go into the next season saying this is our depth chart goalie. Lion has got to be the number one goalie because nope. he's the incumbent. I completely disagree with you. Well, please do explain. Well, I've said it before. I don't give a crap about winning in the AHL. The AHL is a developmental league in my mind. How so dare if, you? So if you're going to put... <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Phantoms fans, but you're there to make great flyers. So if you're going to bring over two of your goalie prospects, they're going to get the share, the big share of the starts. You'll have Sandstrom and Ustamenko, I think, will share the crease. And then Lyon will every once in a while, you know, just to stay fresh. And because he's probably going to be the guy, like, if there's an injury yep. at the NHL, he'd have to go up. But I think yeah. that the priority is going to be Sandstrom and Ustamenko. And I think that Sandstrom's going to get a little bit of a leg up on it just because he's a little older. And that's fair. That's a fair assessment. I, I've always been – I've been vocal about it since they drafted him and since I actually looked at the stats that he's put up. Ustamenko is one of my favorite prospects. Yeah, I was actually – when I was going to rank them and kind of go one, two, three, four, five, I was tempted to put him at one. But that's why I'm conflicted to do that kind of ranking because when you look at what where Sandstrom's playing and what he's doing and compare it to Ustamenko and compare it to Urson, it's so hard to say who's better. Yeah. And I just think, well, why do we need to do that? Like, you don't need to do that. I think that those three right there are great goalie prospects. I mean, we are in an amazing spot with those three. Oh, for sure. Um, so they're kind of like my tier one, you know. I think all three of them could pan out, which <laughs> means you got to trade somebody. But that's a conversation that I'll probably say a thousand times. Yeah, but you look at the position that the Flyers are in right now with the plethora of talent at goalie in their developmental system. One of the guys is bound to get traded, if not two, maybe, you know. Right. But for right now, I do think that Felix Sandstrom, Ustamenko, they're going to get the looks that they need. And I think that Sandstrom will be the next backup for the Flyers after their veteran experiment. I think you will, too, just based on the fact that he's older. But I think Ustamenko stands a good chance of slipping into that spot, maybe outplaying Sandstrom down the line. Right. So we'll see. And I've always been high on him. He's one of the prospects I followed. I'm not a big prospect guy, and I'll admit that. But Ustamenko is one of the guys that I've really followed and taken an interest to. And I like what he brings to the table. Yeah, me too, man. I mean, it would, let's not forget Urson. I mean, he's another great one. You know, he won't he won't be in Lehigh Valley next year, but still, he's he's got a ton of promise. Oh, for sure. Him and Sandstrom, uh, I feel like they came from the SHL, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they, and they played for the same team for a little spurt, and Urson actually outplayed Sandstrom for a bit. Um, but uh, that it's no indictment on Sandstrom. He's still a fully capable goalie, and I think he's going to do very well right. in Ursin's, North America here. Urson's also, he was not really considered a full-time SHLer, too. He spent a lot of time in their minors. That's true, yeah. But yeah, I think that it's a very enviable position to be in right now if you're the Flyers, having this much talent in the crease. 
uh, moving forward. And wanting to win now, one of these guys may just end up getting packaged in an attempt to get an NHL-ready forward defenseman, whatever it may be. Or like you said, if they want to go the route and trade with goalies, who knows? I think, I mean, honestly, I think a great way to do this would be, like, if you have it where Sandstrom comes up, right, and he's the backup, and then allow him that opportunity to kind of show himself and then trade him, and then let Ustamenko come in, you know, or, like, kind of display these guys and try to maximize, yeah. maximize the return. Gauge the talent level. Gauge right. interest in who might want a guy like that. I right. agree. Because none of them are going to be starting in Philadelphia. So we have to keep that in mind. Like, they're great to have right now, but they're also not going to be the starter. Absolutely. We know who the starter is going to be. You know, I, and I, I go back to it. I really do think that Lyon will probably be the starter. But that's not to say that Ustamenko and Sandstrom won't be able to exhibit the talent that they have. Yeah. yeah. Now we can yeah, move on to our favorite part if you want. Yes. We actually got a good bit of questions this week and I'm the one the first question I should say we've kind of we didn't answer but it's going to be a quick answer cuz we're coming off of that topic. Uh, yeah. Benjamin Maluski and I apologize if I mispronounce names. I'm notorious for it. He asks given the goaltender goaltender prospects coming in to North America next season and still hanging out in the Swedish league what kind of term do you expect for Hart's backup, given that most veterans will want more than one year? I'd say two. Yeah, two's a fair number. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to do any more than that. You know, I think if you're going to get a guy like Mike Smith, you're going to want to do one. And I think he'd be okay with one, considering his age. But anybody younger than that's probably going to want two, and I, I'd be fine with two, but that's that's as far as I'm going. Two years, I think, is perfect because at the same rate, you got to think that Carter Hart will need re-signed after that two years. Mm -hmm. So not only does the backups cap hit come off of the books, you'll have that to spend on Hart if need be and will need be. Um, you're going to want to lock Hart up for a long time if he continues his level of play. And there's absolutely no reason to rush the rest of the goalie prospects. Mm -mm. Whatsoever. He is a luxury to have right now right. because there's just so many different things that the Flyers can do right now because they have that flexibility in their cap space with Carter Hart making, I believe it's like seven or eight K a year, 700, 800 K a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the real basic answer Two two years is ideal. Really? Right. Um, the next question comes from Jesse Polvino and he asks, Yes, he. I and I. Good lord, we won't get into that. I apologize. Yeah, no, but come on out, Jesse. Who is the surprise acquisition that we have not considered that is a possibility? And on the flip side, which is shockingly moved out of the organization. So, surprise acquisition, John. Who is it? Well, I think any RFA is going to be a surprise. For if, sure. If it's Marner, if it's Point, if it's anybody who's a restricted free agent, I think that's where the surprise lies. Truba. Uh, Truba, yeah. And to be honest with you, you know, when I was I, I looked at this question doing a little bit of prep and I'm like, you know what? If they're people I haven't considered to this point, I hope to God we don't sign them. Yeah, we've done our research on this. Like, let's be clear. 
Right. I mean, like someone might say Skinner. <laughs> nope, I've considered Skinner. You know, I don't. I oh, don't yeah. The people that um, aren't in my head is somebody that I'd like the Flyers to get. I hope we don't sign. To be honest yeah. with you. We've talked about the big names. We've talked about Panarin and Skinner and guys like that. Like that's not a surprise because with Chuck Fletcher saying we want to win now, those are the type of guys you anticipate him going after. Right. That's why the surprise would be an RFA because it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's like you said a million times before. It's the gentlemen's league, so we don't sign RFAs. This is the year to do it, though. Yeah, boy. Yeah. So then on the flip side moved out of the organization who's the one guy that if the flyers moved it would shock you like aside from the obvious names yeah that's tough i mean i feel like i feel like i'd actually be shocked if voracek goes agreed as much as we talk about him being like the main trade chip i really do think i'd be pretty surprised and for the most part pleasantly surprised and not knocking his game i'm just assuming the the term i mean the return would be good for the contract that's just going to go on forever um but i you know i i have a hard time actually thinking it's going to happen so i would be surprised if voracek goes um the flyers are in a tough position right now because if you want to unload cap you're going to have to take cap Right. Not necessarily matching it, but that cap doesn't like, – the position they're in, they want to win. Right. They can't take on cap space if they want to win. Um, Yuri Laterra is a prime example. The guy doesn't help you win. He just – it's a cap unload for the St. Louis Blues. Right. Yeah. I mean, what about you, though? Are, is there anybody that you think might get – that we haven't really talked about? Surprise-wise, like yeah. for for an acquisition, I 100% agree with you. I think that if we signed somebody to an offer sheet, it would surprise me because of the standard that's been set and the fact that you don't sign RFAs. Like, no, screw that. I, I want an RFA, and there's plenty out there to pick from. Truba, Marner, you've got Braden Point. There, there's so many out there, and those three mainly – but like that would surprise me just because of the precedent and the fact right. that you know not many people do it. Um, surprisingly, moved out of the organization. I'm gonna say Gostas Bear because the we've put so much stock and so many so many picks and money into our blue line right now, where we've got these young kids that have come up through, and everybody's like, oh, we've got Sanheim and Provorov and Gostas Bear and Myers, and it's like. It's great. They're all here now. Myers is up with the Flyers. But why would you give up on Gostas Bear after just one year ago? He had 65 points. Right, but would you be surprised? See, he's on my list of, like, I think that's the one that I've come to terms that he's going to go. There's just something there that's like, you know what? He's going to be the one who gets traded. I don't think I'm going to be surprised when it happens. Maybe it's just me wanting him. Right. No, and I don't want him to go either, but I just think at this point I've convinced myself that he's going to be like that draft day trade. It, it, that could happen. And if it does, great. If not, you know, I, I, it would surprise me if they unloaded him. But if they did unload him, I would fully expect a really good haul for him. Right. Um, so moving on to the next question, Steve Rank asks – and this is we've covered this before too. Do you trade the number eleven pick for Truba, or do you offer sheet him? 
would the trade would trading the number 11 pick for a penalty for pk suban i'm sorry not penalty kill pk suban jesus uh with that do you think if he's available from the preds that's a good move so let's do truba and then let's do uh pk yes yes to truba for sure um I mean, I, I'd love to offer Sheetham too, but I would have no problem getting rid of the 11th pick for Truba. I feel like Winnipeg is going to want a little bit more because they're also in a win-now mode. Um, what was that? People are whispering. Sorry. I Short story real quick. My wife and I are putting in an offer for a house right now, and we're looking for our checkbooks. So I apologize. This is real life here, folks. Two family, Derek, right? Derek and Tasha Bob could be buying a house. Two family. Two it's family. Gonna, John Gove. The, the Gove Bob residence. The compound. Yes. It, the compound. We're going to call it that. Yeah, it'll make it seem like <laughs> we have a cult, but it'll be great. It's no cult. It's just, you know, two guys and their wives living together. It's no right. big deal. Just two guys and their wives in some other room. Yeah, and your kid, and then we'll have kids, and we've got a dog. It's going to be one giant happy family. Yeah. (laughs) Also known as a cult. Anyway. um, (laughs) 11th pick. 11th pick. Would you uh, trade the 11th pick for Truba? Would I trade the 11th pick for... (laughs) We're getting way off track right now. Would I trade the 11th pick for Truba? Absolutely. I think that... You know, he's not that veteran presence that everybody's like, we need that on the blue line. Like, he's veteran but enough. Let's see, 25. He's 25. Yeah, 25 yeah. years old. Like, I'm sold, man. Like, yeah. if he can bring to the table what his potential, you know, has exemplified thus far, hell yes. Like, let's get him to Philly. Yeah, I mean, so I'll, you'd offer sheet him too then. Yes. Yeah, why the hell not? All right, so 11th pick for PK. Yes. But it's not just going to be the 11th pick. No. It's going to have to be something more than just the 11th pick. Like and most. I'd be willing to hear offers. or Not hear offers. I'd be willing to gauge that interest and say, hey, what exactly do you want for P.K. Subban? Because not only is that guy marketable as hell for this team, he would bring just a ridiculous amount of skill to that blue line. And I love the guy personally. Like, he's the kind of guy that, like, if I saw him out, I'd be like, PK, let's go grab a beer and hang out. And I feel like I'd have the best night of my life. Nine mil till 2022. You cool with that? Nine mil? Yeah. Till 2022. Summer 2022. Why the hell not? What's that? I don't know. How many years is that? Just two more years? Three more two years? more years. Three more two years. more seasons. No, three more seasons. Three. Three more seasons? Three Why more not? seasons. He's 29. 29? Good Lord. Get him. Get get Poyle on the horn now. I'll talk to him. So what are you saying? You go first. Your starter's probably going to be the 11th overall pick and ghost. Yes. And probably exactly. a prospect. Maybe Rubstoff? Uh, I, you know, maybe there's a better prospect out there to offer other than Rupsoff because I feel like in his limited amount of time in the AHL this past year, he flashed some promise that I don't necessarily want to give up on yet. For PK Subban? I will. We have plenty of centers. Well, damn, let's just, let's do it. Sign it. Yeah, so there it is right there. There's the deal. 
Yeah, we're deep at forward. We've got forwards. We've got. Let's. You know what? You've convinced me. I'm in. Let's do it. Sweet. Next one. Sweet. Next one. Give me one second. I got flustered here in the event of my wife looking for our checkbook and all that good stuff. That was Steve, Zach, my buddy Zach from college. I Zach, me and him, God, we had a good time, and I won't go into that. He he asked, so has the offer sheet for Marner been submitted yet? <laughs> <laughs> Which is an easy question to answer. No, but here's the hoping. <laughs> so NHL 19, I just did it. I got Marner. <laughs> Man, you're on NHL 19. I'm still playing 18. Yeah, you know, I tried playing. <laughs> I tried playing games with like storylines and things like that, and I really like that Red Dead Redemption too. But oh. I realize I'm just a sports game guy. Like I just, I'm hung up on Red Dead too. I it's just nonstop. I gotta get a hundred percent on that. But I only have like you know 30 minutes of my day maybe to play video games. So sit down, play a quick hockey game, and that's that. I, I make I, time. <laughs> you also don't have a kid yet um, you're right but anyway so i'm I, the kid here really i signed them for like i think it was seven years nine mil per something like that so, marner yeah a, did he have like a night was it 92 points did he have a 92 point season i have no idea a 90 overall thing oh well then yeah that, that's that's good enough for me yeah but to <laughs> to to answer the question to the most no. specific terms, no, he has not been signed yet. But good God, if he does get signed to an offer sheet by the Flyers, I'll run through my apartment complex naked. And that's just if he signs it. That's just if like Toronto doesn't match it yet. If they if, yeah. the, if Toronto doesn't match it, all of York County, Pennsylvania is in trouble. <laughs> Whew. Um well, so keep going. Yeah. Let's move on, but Next one, Christopher Naked Body. (laughs) Yeah, let's not think about that. That's bad. Uh, Christopher Malenga, he's asked us a few questions before. Chris, we love the support. Uh, We really appreciate it. Who has the biggest bounce back season or breakout season on the team? So is it who has or who had? Who has? So next next year, year. jumping one year, yes. Damn it. That's a tough one. Yeah, because I went the other route and I picked who I thought had the biggest breakout the year before whoops now who's that i picked sandheim i agree i agree with that yeah i mean i think that he went from a prospect to a top four defenseman absolutely his time with Provorov, i think was exactly what he needed in his development all right so i've got the answer though i'm ready i'm ready too because i'm ready to fire back and tell you you're wrong okay nolan patrick you're right (laughs) i think i do think we're gonna get a 2c Yes. Um, and I think that he's going to be a three C, and that he's going to the pressure's going to be off, and he's just going to go off. Now I'm on the I'm on the flip side of that. I think that the Flyers, I don't think it's they're going to do it on purpose, but I think by the end of next year, Nolan Patrick will be our clear cut two C. Yeah, but you think he's? I see. I think they're going to start the season. I think they're going to bring in a two C. You're right, and I agree with that. I think they will. But I think that by the end of the 2019-20 season, Nolan Patrick will have had such a good season that Elaine Vigneault will look at that and say, he's our 2C. That's the guy. Well, then it makes you wonder whether or not they should go out and get a a legitimate 2C or just put Jerome back at center. 
No, no, Giroud belongs on the wing, and I will die on that hill. I will so die you, 30 deaths so on that who, hill. who are you getting to be the 2C that you're uh, – because here, the thing I'm thinking is if Duchesne is the big name, and for some reason I've got this feeling he's coming to Philadelphia. I'm fine with that. Right, but if he comes to Philadelphia and he's the 2C, I don't really think Patrick is going to replace him. You're right, but – could Duchesne, and this is a big if, and we're getting into hypotheticals here, we won't go too deep. Could Duchesne play the wing? I don't know. I haven't asked him recently. Could you imagine a top six? Giroux, Couturier, Konechny, Duchesne, Patrick, Voracek. That'd be lovely. I'm getting I'm getting wet. That's just I'll be honest. too graphic. <laughs> anyways here's so, a thought though here's a thought though <laughs> why do we need to have a, a first line a second line and a third line like wouldn't it be great if we just had three lines like played equals equal amount of times and just play what nine defensemen <laughs> well no i mean like and then you have your fourth know, line doing the thing yeah the the typical grinder types that are going to win you the battles along the boards things like that that are just going to grind down those top couple lines from the other team right i like that because raffles in the, that spot right now in a fourth line and he's the type of guy you want that from right. lawton i agree he would be a good uh, perfect fourth line center in my opinion yeah. um think think lawton Hartnell, not Hartnell, jesus raffle and hartman that would be a pretty good fourth line i'm set on that i sent the tweet out yes that's what i'm getting this from yeah <laughs> i sent that out once and john gove you're my source yeah boy um hey <laughs> <laughs> i'm set on that being my fourth line and then they just you know they do the bare minimum fourth line minute type thing and then you just have three great lines like why the hell yeah. not but i had this i had the same conversation when Tavares was a free agent. Everybody was going, well, you can't do that because then you're going to have to have Coots at your second line and Patrick yeah. on your third line. And it's like... You can roll three lines and have your fourth line play like five, six minutes a game. That's fine. You know? like It's no big deal. I, I wish Babcock knew that because Matthews might have got more than 20, 21 minutes a night when he played game seven against the Bruins. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so we want to move on here. Is that good? Yeah, no, we'll move on. Yes. Yeah, so Tim, our brother PSN, Tim Sullivan asks one of the many questions that we've talked about for a week or two now. Will Vino change his perceived in quotes love of veterans and work with the younger talent that the roster is full of, or does he try to get Fletcher to go the classic Flyers way and bring in some old guys? John, I'm gonna let you go on this because I know you've got an opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, I think that Vigneault is going to play the young kids because the young kids are what this Flyers team is made of. We're going to have the youngest team if – I mean, one of the youngest teams, if not the youngest team in the NHL. He's going to play those players. He's going to play Konechny. He's going to play Sanheim. He's not going to say, hey, boss, could you do me a favor? Could you go and get some 32-year-olds to uh, yeah. to take over for me? Because that's not how this is going to go. Video is going to play the young players. That whole perception of him being a veteran coach just goes back to the teams that he was handed to 
I mean, handed in Vancouver and New York. Can you hear all the talk in the background? Derek went to go use the bath bathroom. That's why I'm ranting here. You can hear his wife talking about their house in the background. It's quite lovely. We got to get Derek a padded room. Start a GoFundMe for Derek Bob's padded room. Up oh, here he comes. He's coming back now. Coming back? What do you? I never left. Oh no, sorry, man. It was impossible to even pretend. <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't leave because you thumped okay. and you bumped and then you could hear your wife talking in the background. We're, we're trying to close on a house here, man. Give me a break. Good God. Well, <laughs> and I just, I, I tried to ramble as much as I could about this topic, but I couldn't anymore. So I blew up the spot. We've all got to pee. You know, yeah. it happens. It's There's like that book that everybody poops, everybody pees too, you know? Right. <laughs> um, have, I mean, do you have anything else? I feel like we've, We've talked we about share this. we share the same opinion on this right. like i've written the article on it we've talked about it last week and even on the emergency episode we did about vino like i think that vino's not going to have a choice but to play these younger guys just because hextall's not here he's not going to sign those dale weiss yuri and yuri latera wasn't a signing but it was a trade he's not going to have those guys at his disposal vino right. will it's going to make it a lot easier to play those guys. And I actually am working on an article right now talking about in the past with Vino in Vancouver and in New York, a lot of younger players actually thrived under Vino. JT Miller, Derek Stepan, that's just New York. And I mean, he had the Sedin twins when they were 26 his first year. And then you had guys like Cody Hodgson, Alex Edler, the the stigma's gotta stop for God's sake, please, just stop. <laughs> Hoorah! Yeah. All right. Next. So one. <laughs> this one's moving really on. Funny. You're gonna laugh, and this is from our fearless leader, Mister Liam Jenkins, who's now the full time commander, and we'll call is it commander chief or COO. Let's call it chief operating officer, chief executive. He's both. He's the CEO and COO. He's the man He's behind PSN. Liam Jenkins, Mr. LJ himself, Snog, Mary Kill. And I got some clarification on Snog, and it's not something I can say on the podcast. Yep. Uh, but you can infer what that means because we know the game. Patrick, Nolan Patrick, Radko Gudis, and Scott Lawton. What's yep. your take, man? Well, this is a tough one because I don't think that you can snog Radko Gudis. I think he's the only one who does the snogging. Like, I, I really can't see him being someone who gets snogged. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't snog him. You're right. But I think it would be a hell of a snogging. Right? Like that's something you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to have a, the snoggage with Radko. Agreed. I'm going to I'm going to marry Nolan Patrick cuz he's pretty looking with the locks. Oh. And I mean, I don't know. This is I, a slippery slope you're going down. Yeah, uh, I mean, and Scott Lawton I don't know if I'd kill Scott Lawton, but he looks like somebody I'd go on a killing spree with. That looks like a man that if I didn't marry him, he would kill me. Right. So What's I'm marrying Scott Lawton. What's that movie where it's the the guy, he was in those Hunger Game movies. What's what's his name? The actor, oh, what the hell's his name? I can't even think of it. But he, he had Natural Born Killers. Did you ever see that movie? No. Uh, him and his girlfriend just go on this crazy killing spree. Oh, that sounds like fun. 
<laughs> he's joking. Holy crap, it was, he's joking. It was a joke. I don't have it in me. But, anyways. but Scott Lawton seems like the male character in that. So anyway, I would, I, I guess I'd kill him or kill with him. But anyway, what would you do now? I would marry Scott Lawton because I'm way too scared of him actually killing me. I, you can't kill Scott Lawton <laughs> like that. He'd kill you first. It's like Chuck uh, yeah, like <laughs> Gudis and like, man, I feel like if you tried to kill Nolan Patrick, it'd be like, no, please don't, and you'd be like, no, man, I can't do it. So I don't know, man. So you marry Scott Lawton, you have to kill and snog the other one. I feel like Gudis would be a good fight. Like, if you're down to Donnybrook, Gudis is the guy. Right, but he would... Uh, you could but he would snog. end up... You could me. snog. So, I mean, in order, I would marry Scott Lawton, yeah. then after marry... No, I would snog Nolan Patrick first. Okay. Then after snogging Nolan Patrick... <laughs> I would marry Scott Lawton just so Scott Lawton didn't kill me for snogging Nolan Patrick. And then after marrying Scott Lawton, I would kill Radko Gudis because Lawton could help me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like it. You're using your resources. I put in too much research into that. <laughs> I spent about 45 minutes this afternoon debating who I was going to snog. That's tough. That's yeah. the. And I told Liam earlier this week, I was like, this is our toughest question we've had yet. But it was the most enjoyable to answer. So that caps off to you, Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> All right. Last one. Last question comes from N number eight. It's also known as Nate. 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 Oh, oh, that's what it means. Thanks, John. You're welcome. <laughs> he says Dave Haxtall was lambasted for wakeboarding. Does Elaine Vino have any idiotic water-based hobbies we need to know about? And I hope you don't mind. I'm going to take the lead on this one. Oh, I have a really good answer, too. Go ahead. I looked this up. Elaine Vino enjoys jogging around his hometown. So jogging, some may consider it jogging with a soft J. It does not include water unless it's raining, but it's still not considered wakeboarding. Mm. So I think we're in the clear with AV here. No. I. We're no, we're not. No. Oh, oh, what what'd you dig up? What's the so dirt? I, I called them. You I did. Like, I was like, hey, Ave, because so, that's what I called them. Not just Ave. Barry Trotz. You and Barry Trotz and AV are best friends now. I got AV's number from Barry. How did I miss this? Yeah, like, no. you don't owe me everything, John. I know. I'm sorry, bud. But anyway. Continue. I was like, hey, Ave, because that's what I call him. I call him Ave. It's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, nothing. You know, just trying to come up with a list of veterans that I'm going to play over the kids. It's like, all right, cool. So he told me he likes the underwater basket weave. <laughs> Let me catch my <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate you. <laughs> I was but, like, hey, I was like, it's hey, not wakeboarding. What is underwater basket weaving? He was like, well, my, my grandma, Millie, she always loved to uh, weave baskets. I was a bit of a risk taker, so one day I dove into the lake with a basket and just started weaving it. <laughs> I haven't since, stopped laughing, if you're wondering. And since then, I've just been underwater basket weaving. So, hey, Dave Haxtell, suck it. Nate, Nate, I'm sorry. I actually put some thought into this. So Apparently, I. I've been outdone. <laughs> Damn it. 
<laughs> well, folks, those are the eight questions we asked for. <laughs> those are the eight answers you're going to get. <laughs> in all seriousness, I, I think we're in better hands right now. Yes. Um, I'm excited about Vino. <laughs> We've talked about it a couple times now. It's it's a good time to be a Flyers fan. Yes, I'll put it. it yeah. So, guys, the questions, just keep them rolling in. We don't even have to plug it. Just tweet at us and let us know what you want answered next week when we talk about what we are going to talk about. We'll figure it out in the next day or two. But please keep them coming. Um, John, where can we find you here on Twitter, everything else? You can find me at John P. Gove on Twitter. Um, you can find my articles at psn.com. And, uh, yeah. John's got some awesome prospect articles coming out ahead of the draft here, too, um, profiling what could be some of the picks that we make here uh, with the Flyers. So please check them out. I'm Derek. You can find me at PuckBob, P-U-C-K-B-O-B-B, three Bs. It's a weird one. PuckBobPSN doc, uh, not .com. Good God. It's time to log off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You can find me at PuckBobPSN. This has been the Pod Street Bullies. For John, for Derek, for our good brother, Matt, we love you, my friend. God bless. Folks, have a great rest of your week. Love you, Matt. Bye now.